there really is no denying it that the world of video marketing for brands and content creators and agencies has changed and the relationship between those three entities the way that it traditionally was structured has changed as well so if you're a video producer or a content creator like me and you're trying to navigate this space then this episode is going to be super valuable for you welcome to episode 290 of the engage video marketing podcast G'day, my friends. Welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and it's my mission to help you become a more confident video strategist. And if your story is a bit like mine, that is that you are working in some sort of content creation role or running a video production company like I know so many of our listeners and viewers of this show are, then this episode is going to be super valuable because we're exploring with my guest today the changing relationship between agencies and content creators and video producers and, and big brands. And particularly, we'll be exploring how you, as a video producer, can potentially tap into some opportunities that maybe wouldn't have been available to you a, a number of years ago. So my guest today is really deep in this space and she's got a fascinating business story uh, that she'll share when we get into the episode. But I wanna introduce you to her first of all. So my guest is Christy Poulos. She's a content and digital communications and creative leader with over 20 years of experience working for leading cross-functional teams to produce compelling creative and content experiences that engage people, solve problems, and drive growth for clients. So currently, she is the Global Partnerships Director of Gennaro. And Gennaro, if you haven't heard about it before, we're gonna talk a lot more in this episode. But Gennaro is a creative technology solutions for solution for in-house marketing teams that enables marketing leaders to transform their creative and production approach for greater efficiency. And importantly, Gennaro is a, a tool, an avenue for video producers to reach more opportunities as well. So stick around, you'll learn more about that. Previously, she worked at a company called King Content, a world-leading content marketing agency and she led the global creative editorial and paid media teams. But here's an interesting one. So Christy also, quite a number of years ago, was head of content for Red Bull in the UK, where she led TV, film, and communications projects around the world, and was part of the global communications team for the Red Bull Stratos mission to the edge of space, which I had to look it up before recording this intro here, was over 12 nearly 12 years ago it was that long ago but you know definitely a moment in time that i remember quite clearly so i'm really excited for this episode christy has been on my guest list of someone that i wanted to get on this show for you guys probably right from the beginning and then to be honest i somewhat kind of forgot about the fact that she was on that list and then i recently reconnected and she's on the show for you here today so without further ado let's jump into my my interview with christy poulos from Gennaro. hey christy welcome to the podcast thank you ben well thanks for joining me so we were talking before we hit record here but um i first connected with you many many years ago you spoke on stage in an event uh in in brisbane here and I don't know if, the, if I'm going to attribute this quote to you, but I'm going to anyway because I've actually used this quote uh, multiple times in those many years since I saw you speak. You talked about 
the avalanche of average content. I don't know if you recall that, that, (laughs) you know, it bombards the digital consumer every day. And I loved that phrase and I've since adopted it. And many times I have referenced you. I don't know if you got it from somewhere. But anyway, I just wanted to throw that at you. So I remember that very distinctly. Um, but I would love for people that haven't heard of you before, Christy, or come across your platform that you, that you represent, Gennaro, as well. Tell us your story. What got you into content creation and the world of video marketing that you play in? Yeah, look, it's a twisty, turny tale um, and a really long one because of how long I've been doing it for, but I will try and shorten it for you guys. Um, I, I got started actually in PR and communications and um, quite quickly realised that like trying to sell shampoo and mobile phone plans wasn't that fun, but a friend was working in extreme sports and I was like, that looks awesome and easy, you know, PRing extreme sports, surely that's very easy. Turns out it is. Um, so that kind of led me on the path to you know, content. We were already creating our own content. 20 years ago in the extreme sports industry Um, and then eventually that led me to um, a role at Red Bull in the UK where a short maternity contract turned into seven years um, around the time that the Red Bull Media House was launching. So just very, very good timing to be in the Red Bull communications team, creating content for a brand that was obviously already pretty well known for content marketing. Um, and at the time when they were really going all in on on branded content, on the media uh, and launching the media house. So, I mean, I just shortcutted 15 years of my career for you quite there. Um, and since then, um, after leaving Red Bull and moving back to Australia, I've been working in content marketing, digital marketing, creative content, uh, with a stint at a content marketing agency, King Content, um, some time with my own business. And uh, for the last nearly five years, I've been at Gennaro and we're a Australian-born um, global business, uh, a flexible on-demand creative and production solution for brands where they can tap into our global network of professional creatives use our amazing platform to facilitate creative and production um, and then work with our expert team and people from all walks of life in the creative and production industry. And in my current role, I'm Global Partnerships Director. So I'm responsible for our partnerships with the big um, platforms like Meta, TikTok, Pinterest, Google, um, who we work with a lot to generate vast quantities of uh, content for clients. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's me in a nutshell. (laughs) <laughs> Very cool. Uh, it's not a small nutshell either, Christy. So um, thanks for breaking that down for us. And I definitely want to explore a bit more about, um, you know, this way of working that that Gennaro kind of enables for brands and, and agencies and video producers. And we're, we're going to get to that. But I have to go back to your time at Red Bull, because I think, you know, that's something that people are, you know, globally, I think, are very aware of, you know, some of the incredible content plays that Red Bull have done over the years. But I want I want you to maybe share a bit of insight into to what it's like in the creative team there of thinking about you know what's the purpose from Red Bull's perspective of creating branded content because they're big ideas and they're executed often flawlessly maybe it's not the case in behind the scenes but um, you know but it's not your traditional advertising right so so what's the thought process here you know taking us back yeah, to that time um, that's a good point um, regarding traditional advertising. So I suppose I would say that when I was at Red Bull, um, there was a traditional advertising 
you know, part of the business. There still is. You know, Red Bull was founded on traditional above-the-line advertising and everybody would be familiar with the cartoon campaign, which is unchanged in the 30-plus years that Red Bull's been around. Um, the other part of the business, which is the best part of the business I worked in, it was uh, more the communication side of the of the business and the events, athletes and cultural projects um, which and that part of the business was always all about generating really compelling stories um, that positioned the brand uh, and the product in the most exciting, sexy parts of youth culture. So sport, music, um, you know, motorsports, and at Red Bull they're separate. Sports and motorsports are two separate things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our role was always about telling stories in that space and trying to engage our customers to really drive value for the brand. Um, it was less about awareness and more about cultural resonance and relevance. Um, and that was right from the very first day at Red Bull, um, what they tried to do with the brand. You know, The folklore of Red Bull is that Dietrich Mateschitz, the founder of the business, took the very first case of Red Bull and went up into the mountains and gave it to the snowboarder and then into the bars and gave it to the, the bartender. And that was literally like this fable about the beginning of Red Bull. So at no point did did the business suddenly decide to start creating content and telling stories and working with athletes. Um, It was just always part of the business. And I guess he was a bit of a genius in that respect because he Mm. knew this was a really powerful way to launch a product, to create a brand new category and to engage audiences long-term. Yeah, I think Red Bull was one of the earlier adopters of this approach to marketing and branded content. I'm interested, you know, more and more brands are taking on this approach, but how can the small business or the smaller brand that doesn't have the budget and the reach of things like Red Bull, how can they adopt this approach, do you think, today? Look, I think, well, in the the time since we last met, a lot has changed. A lot, a lot has changed Mm. in the content industry. Um, I mean, social has completely upended the way that everything works. And I'm sure that, you know, listeners now are feeling that in their businesses, in, the, in their day-to-day, um, and it's made it really attainable for um, small businesses to get out there and start telling really important stories and engaging their audiences with content. It's become practically free to do it. Um, uh, and so I would say that, uh, you know, I'm no expert, actually, on creating content as a small business owner. That's not my area of expertise. I actually find it really amazing to see how tiny teams or teams of one are using the current social platforms and tools to create great content for their brand. Um, But I would say that, you know, my advice based on what I see is get started, take advantage of all the incredible tools that are there ready to be used um, really work out what works for your brand and your audience, and then you can decide over time what you're going to invest in, what kind of partners you need to level that up, and uh, you know take it from there. But you know, I think experimenting with social is definitely the way forward. Yeah, and it's a hundred percent easier today than ever before to experiment in this space. So I think that's really good advice, just to you know not be afraid to try something different or try something that's working in another vertical or another industry and see how you can adapt it for your own brand or business as well. Um, yeah. Probably not throwing some guy out of a, a orbiting craft wearing a spacesuit um, is not necessarily yes, easy. Absolutely not. Um, 
but there is, you know, great ways to uh, start small. And Red Bull is really good at doing the small stuff too. I think that's what people don't really appreciate is that, you know, we we maybe had big budgets, but that budget was broken up into a, a thousand initiatives and activities, sometimes something that only a few hundred people would experience. Um, but all of it added up to something, you know, that worked for the brand. Um, it wasn't all about big, expensive projects by any means. Right. I mean, it, it's a it's a culture of content creation, right, is the way that I it, it kind of perceive it, it from the outside. Of, um, of storytelling. I think like mm. content creation was just a natural output. You know, what, you know, don't tell stories unless you're going to show people, but it was really came down to knowing who you are as a brand, knowing your audience and working super hard to generate stories. I mean, the whole part of the business that I worked in, we were all dedicated to creating stories to tell. And then there was a small part of that was capturing that and turning that into content. Um, but we wouldn't have been able to do anything if it wasn't for the, the athlete marketing teams, the culture marketing teams, the events teams, um, and all of those people that were generating all this amazing content. Very cool. So I'm interested to take things back just to basics here because we've referred to this term branded content, right? But for you, Christy, what does that mean and how is that different from, in inverted commas, traditional advertising or marketing? Yeah, well, it doesn't mean very much anymore, quite frankly. Um, it's sort of become a little bit of an old-fashioned phrase to me because I feel like with the advent of social, um, everyone is creating content. Uh, it used to be that branded content was kind of a reaction to advertising. You know, you'd sort of either um, make an ad to run it on TV, perhaps do like a print version, an outdoor version, um, and do this sort of interruptive style of advertising, uh, which of course is still totally relevant today. Um, or you might like try and get other people to talk about your brand, you know, through PR and communications. And there wasn't an awful lot in between. Of course, there were brands, you know, a hundred years ago creating their own print publications and later on their own TV shows and all that kind of thing. But I think it really started to, um, you know, take up, pick up steam when brands realized they could create their own media brands or their own media platforms or their own content hubs and, you know, really take control of a lot of their own content creation for their customers. Um, I think that's all become a bit blurred with content marketing now, um, which is a really great, I guess, technique to engage audiences and drive business results with content. Um, but branded content, in a, you know, especially when it comes to video, um, I guess to me that just means video that's being created by brands um, in lots of different ways for lots of different reasons, but ultimately something that comes from them or at least is, in, you know, sponsored by them, enabled by them, uh, inspired by them um, for audiences. Yeah. So, so your background, as you kind of told us your story, uh, you know, through your career there is both from the the brand side, from the business side of Red Bull and so on, um, through into the agency side with your, your work with King Content previously, and now into a new model altogether, which I'm interested, you know, when you talk about Gennaro, and maybe you can give us a little understanding of what Gennaro is as a platform, but from the perspective of both the brand and from the agency, what gap is Gennaro filling, do you believe, in the market today? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I mean, a little bit more about Gennaro. What, you know, what we do is we connect brands with a global network of professional creative businesses. So that could be anything from freelancers, 
videographers and um, creative directors and writers and photographers through to small independent creative businesses like yours, production companies, social agencies, small creative agencies, independent creative businesses, basically. And we might, we work mostly with enterprise businesses uh, globally. We work with brands like Hilton, Unilever, um, you know, here in Australia, we work with Tourism Australia. Um, and so, you know, these large ind- businesses are looking for you know, ways to create content that are more agile, uh, cost efficient, uh, that get more diversity of thought and creativity. Um, and they know that there's a big global pool of amazing, talented people outside of agencies who they could be working with. But, you know, finding them and collaborating with them is is difficult for large businesses. So that's kind of where we come in um, to basically facilitate that connection. We also work really closely in partnership with the major global platforms uh, running big scale programs to help deliver content to their advertisers. Um, and with a focus on best practices and creative uh, excellence for specifically for each of those sorts of platforms. So, um, yeah, basically from a creator's point of view, we make it possible to work with lots of big uh, global brands all over the world and and see, I guess, new business opportunities that you might not normally see in your day-to-day and and, can, and we're able to connect quite small businesses with really big brands, which, which can be um, a big selling point to creators, you know, that opportunity to work with bigger businesses or just really interesting brands and businesses that they may not already be able to do so. Yeah. What, um, what yeah. is the, the shift that you, you saw in the industry over the last number of years that has led to, to this being, this sort of avenue being the right sort of approach to take for some brands? So, you know, that traditional agency model, like big advertising agency that those big brands would, would kind of work with, is, what's changed in this space? Um, um, the, I think it's been a gradual change and with Genero, we've been around for more than 13 years. So we've been working out in the industry for a long time, but I think that there's been a lot of disruption to the traditional creative and production industry. Um, obviously, uh, the way that brands are spending their money is, is changing significantly. The rise of social has been a massive impact um, on budgets, on um, the requirements for content. So we, we see brands needing more and more and more content, um, but the budgets are not expanding exponentially to cover that. So actually budgets are going down, I guess, on in average per piece of content. So brands are looking for really um, great value. Uh, they're looking for experts that they can work with uh, on particular platforms. They're looking for experts in culture and diverse audience groups. So sometimes agencies, it can be difficult for them to access all of this, right, in one team. So working with um, independent creatives all around the world can make sense to solve some of those problems. Um, on the flip side, the um, the marketplace has changed significantly, you know, certainly post-pandemic. Uh, this was a trend already, but we've seen more and more creators leave the full-time workforce Lots of people have left agencies, set up smaller businesses or are working independently. There's some amazing talent out there for brands to connect with. So I think on that side, people are much more interested in independent working, the gig economy, um, you know, lots of things, factors driving that side of the marketplace. So it's, uh, we, we definitely, that clients are still working with agencies, that there is absolutely a role for the agency Um in the mix, there's no doubt about that, especially our clients who are big enterprise clients. They're not ditching their agencies entirely. They're just looking for alternative ways to 
uh, overcome their uh, business challenges and create the right content at the right time for the right person. I imagine there's also an element of allowing for experimentation as well, because, you know, typically if you're, you know, executing a major campaign through an agency, then it may not uh, build in some capability to experiment with new things, new ideas, and, and to get fresh ideas into the mix, right? Whereas, you know, putting putting a brief out through a platform like Gennaro enables probably, if the brief's open enough, a whole range of creative ideas to come to the table, right? Yeah, look, it definitely is a really great way of accessing diverse creativity, not just lots of different ideas um, and different ways of solving problems, but also actual diverse people. I think that's that's something that can be quite challenging in the traditional industry um, because, of course, no agency with a very fixed model, fixed people, fixed team, they can't hire every type of person with every type of cultural background. But, you know, through the Gennaro network, we can certainly help connect clients with more diverse creatives to solve problems in different ways. Yeah, awesome. So that's from the brand perspective, but for the video producer or the the creator, the creative director, the script writer, for for the creative who is looking to connect with those opportunities to work with those big brands, what's the benefit of Gennaro for them? It's a, a great way of building pipeline. Um, you know, certainly for small businesses, and I know when I had my own little business, uh, you know, drumming up new business was not really my favorite part of the of the the job. Um, and so we're connecting sometimes very small businesses that have no new business function or skills, um, but are really great at what they do in, and, uh, you know, have great ideas and deliver quality work. Uh, we're giving, you know, them an opportunity to add to their existing pipeline and their existing clients um, in a way that's, I guess, you know, not effortless by any means um, because Gennaro is a pitch-based platform, so there's a lot of work involved. But um, but certainly once they start to build a reputation and make some client connections, um, you know, it can be a really great way of working with uh, interesting and, you know, diverse global brands and doing some work that they can really showcase. Um, so I think that's probably the main selling point for most creatives It's opportunities. Yeah. Awesome. So for the video producer or the creative listening or watching this show here, can you give us a, just a bit of an understanding about the process? So, uh, you know, need, need an, do you need an account? Do they just read through briefs and then just throw their hand up and say, I'll take that job? You know, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but tell us, how does it work? Yeah, sure. It's, look, it's really, it's free to sign up um, and create an account. You do need to be a registered creative in order to see briefs because of confidentiality, of course. Um, many briefs are open briefs and you can see them and decide if it suits your skill set. Maybe it's asking for ideas and you have a great idea. So it's up to the individual creator to decide if they want to throw their hat into the ring. Um, and then, as I mentioned before, there's a little bit of a, there's a pitch process generally. So um, creators' ideas will be shared with the client via the platform um, and then the client will select their preferred creative team based on their pitch, their ideas, their previous work. Uh, we don't white label creative, so the client knows exactly who they're working with um, and we we don't really get in the way of the standard production process. It mostly happens on the platform these days. I mean, remote production is pretty normal in our world these days, but we certainly have clients and creators working, you know, in person together and attending shoots and all the typical stuff that you might imagine. 
Of course, if the client's in a different country, that may not happen. Um, yeah, so that's generally the the, the gist of it. So um, then we also run a lot of briefs, which we call private briefs, where we only um, uh, brief sort of privately to a smaller number of creatives. So the best way of being eligible for those is to have a really great profile on Genero. So we can find you when the suitable work comes up. Um, so when you do sign up to Genero, I recommend spending a little bit of time on your profile um, and you know, uploading some of your more recent work, uh, you know, really explaining what you're great at and what you love to do and being quite specific. Um, and, uh, and then hopefully we'll be able to find you for private briefs if you don't see open briefs that suit your business. Nice. Cool. So as well as uh, for the creative teams, as well as getting their, their profile set up well, as you described there, and, you know, really selling themselves through their profile. What are some quick tips that you can share if someone's new to this idea of pitching for work or, or providing, you know, a response to a brief so that they can be hopefully best considered for the job? Well, I mean, the first thing I would say is that Genero is quite a remote pitch process. So if you're used to, you know, getting in a room with a with a potential client and taking them through your presentation and having that sort of FaceTime, it can be a little bit daunting to go into more of a remote pitch process where really it's your pitch deck or your treatment, uh, as we call it, that will win the business. Um, so we encourage you to um, spend a bit of time on that um, on that deck, outlining you know your ideas, of course, um, your background, your experience, why you've got the capability to deliver this fantastic idea. Um, we find that clients respond to really visual treatments. No surprise. Mm. Um, uh, so, taking the time to provide references, storyboards, mood boards, whatever you can do to really bring it to life for clients is um, is really valuable. Some of the things that some uh, teams struggle with is if they're used to dealing with agencies um, who are really, really good at, I guess, providing creative briefs and sometimes filling in the blanks a little bit. Um, this is a little different because quite often the client you're working with are, and maybe when you are used to working with small business, it's not that different, um, but they are often not content people. They don't mm. have any uh you know, you know, background in creative and content. They might be brand managers. They might be social media managers. They might be, um, you know, people that haven't really worked in the production and content side, um, but they understand their brand very, very well and they know what they need to do. So you have to sort of get into their headspace and think about how you can help them understand what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Um, in, and also in a way they can share with their teams and get that buy-in internally so that you're all the ones that they decide to go with. Um, I will say, of course, that like we, it's not a completely closed off process. You can absolutely ask questions. Uh, we have a Q&A function on the brief itself. Um, you know, you're welcome to get in touch with Gennaro directly and see if you can chat to the person who's running the brief on behalf of the client. You know, we try and make the process as easy as possible for the creator. We really want to make you guys look good. Um, so don't feel like you just have to figure it out yourself. We, we're here to help. Um, so feel free to ask questions. Um, yeah, but generally I would say, you know, make it visual, make it really exciting and engaging for whoever's viewing it. And also, I guess, make sure that what you propose to do is supported by your credentials and previous work because obviously it's a big leap of faith for clients to work with a new partner. So they really, you really need to show them how, you know, you're a really safe bet for this project. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I think, you know, it's worth mentioning here as well that not all of the briefs on, on Gennaro are, you know, 
really big budget briefs either. There are opportunities to uh, dip your toe in the water, so to speak, with something that's relatively small and perhaps can be, you know, handled quite quickly as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. We we run briefs all different uh, shapes and sizes, you know, from simple kind of videography, you know, half day shoot uh, right through to integrated creative campaigns, um, social content, uh, and more specialised things like drone operators or photography, that kind of thing. Like it's very, very broad. Uh, generally it's more around visual content. Um, but, yeah, absolutely, there's lots of opportunities, big and small, and budgets are very broad-ranging. You know, some budgets are really modest and other bigger opportunities you'll see, you know, some like much bigger budgets obviously, but more work and more deliverables involved. So uh, you can kind of pick and choose what suits you and your business. Very cool. So I do encourage anyone who's listening who is in a creative industry and, you know, potentially wants to pitch for this sort of work to just go and sign up for a free account with Gennaro and, and you know, you get the emails and you, you get notified of briefs and you can have a look at open briefs and, and just get a sense of what might be a good fit for you. But, Christy, where I want to go now is to explore, like you are, you know, head of partnerships. Uh, I'd love to explore what that what that means for your role in Gennaro because you talked about partnerships with some major platforms like Meta and TikTok and and so on. So, you know, what does that mean for the relationship with Gennaro and, and what does that mean for the creators who are, you know, potentially working with brands today as well? Yeah, so we are global uh, creative partners with the major platforms, Amazon, Google, Pinterest, TikTok and Meta. Um, what that means is that we work really closely with their sales team mostly, um, helping their advertisers create uh, best practice, fit for platform content, mostly advertising um, for for their different platforms basically. They're all quite different um, and so having that knowledge, you know, very specific knowledge of the platform is really useful to help clients get the best content for the platform. So that's kind of our role that we play. Our team are all trained up on the all the best practices for the different platforms and then we in turn train up our creators um, to help clients on those platforms. Um, it's a big growth area for everyone, um, social and particularly vertical video. I think we all um, were surprised at how quickly video went from, you know, like this to like that. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of purists and traditional content creators uh, resisted and felt that maybe it wasn't going to become the thing it is. But, um, you know, obviously there's no turning back from vertical content. Um, and then also just understanding how to create really engaging social content for audiences that have a completely different relationship with content to, um, to the way they did 10 years ago. So what, what we're always looking for um, are creatives and creators who really understand this space. And it's um, actually surprising how few um, traditional production companies have successfully made that transition and that might be deliberate because the budgets are a lot less um, the quality levels are quite different um, but you know I really encourage anyone who's interested in diversifying their business or um, really I guess going where the market is going if they're comfortable with that sort of lower um, budget and you know varying production values then go for it but you know make sure that you really understand the platforms that you're creating for uh, but I would say we, we're always looking, always looking for people who really get it, really get Reels, really get TikTok, really get YouTube, um, you know, understand these platforms 
truly rather than just, oh, we can make it 916. Yeah, 100%. I mean, hopefully, Christy, you are preaching to the choir here on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast because that's everything that I've been talking about on this podcast for the last five years is the importance for video producers to understand and, and see themselves as video strategists. And what that means is, of course, you know, being able to adapt a, a production approaches for for the platforms and, you know, producing content in the right format for distribution to get the right results, you know, and at the end of the day, it's about results for the client, not about how cinematic and beautiful you can make a piece of content to come. Yes, right? exactly. I get really annoyed when um, we're doing a brief for Meta and, um, you know, the content arrives and it's anamorphic and I'm just like, God. Right. Um, yeah, so here's a tip for you if you do plan on pitch, you know, if you're pitching for social content, pitch with a vertical storyboard. It's such a simple thing. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, it's it really shows the client and what you know our partner that you're thinking about their platform first and the audience and the way they're consuming that content, um, rather than you know doing things the way you've always done things because that's how you've always done it. Um, of course, when you're dealing with advertising agency clients, you know they're a bit more open to that sort of thing. But we're trying to get to social content really quickly. Um, so vertical storyboards. Think about sound off because it's, you know, likely to be part of the deliverables will be sound off. Um, and think about safe zones as well, really constantly changing safe zones for the different platforms. Um, that's the sort of logistics, but then it really comes down to like, do you really truly know how people are consuming content on these platforms? Um, and how can you be, uh, how can you stand out and fit in at the same time, which is the challenge with social yeah, I think, um, you know, it certainly seems like Gennaro acts as that, that guide for, uh, for brands coming through Gennaro to, you know, help them understand those, uh, those platform nuances, obviously, you know, through your partnerships. But I, I think regardless of whether you're pitching for work through Gennaro, that video producers need to be that video strategist for their clients because in so many cases, those clients are not thinking about social first content they're not thinking about creating content in the right way for these platforms and that's our role as video producers to understand this landscape i'm very passionate about that so mm. you know i think if you can stay at the forefront you know um incorporate that into your pitches and show that you are that expert I'm, i think you're definitely going to stand out from the competition yeah, absolutely. I mean, it might be I'm biased because we so much of our energy is spent on social first content. So, you know, we are absolutely thinking social first. So our clients, um, it's it's sometimes it's actually sometimes the creators that are the, like that they're the hard people to change. Yeah. Um, you know, because um, I think you know for the more people who've been more experienced, who've been doing it for a bit longer, like it's just old habits die hard and. You know, even in like the traditional agency world, I think a constant, um, you know, criticism of the of the traditional agency world can sometimes be that they always start with that TVC. They always start with that, you know, sixty second film. They call it a film, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's it's just that that mindset. You're already you're already heading off on the wrong foot, and it once you really get too far down that path, it's very hard to get back. Um, and quite often at the end of the day, social content is an afterthought when actually it's that content that's going to have the most impact and, you know, be seen by the most people and ultimately you know, drive those business objectives. So it should be flipped and actually you should be thinking about 
the six second and the 15 seconds, how are you going to show up in the vertical space? How are you going to stop people in the feed when you've got half a second to grab their attention? Um, you know, and stand out from the avalanche of ordinary, like how it, that's where you should be thinking rather than, you know, I've got 30 seconds to tell my story because you just don't anymore. Yeah, it definitely requires a mindset shift. It requires adapting, you know, with the changing times as well. And just in, in kind of to wrap up here, Christy, I'm really interested to explore with you how you think this is going to change in the next coming years. You know, obviously you don't have a crystal ball. You can't tell mm -hmm. the future, right? But our, our landscape of digital creation and content and social media is rapidly changing. So where do you think we're going? Like what are the challenges we're going we're gonna to come up against in the next couple of years? Yeah, well, I mean, it wouldn't be a, any kind of podcast without talking about AI. So right. I think, um, you know, I think that's we're still coming to terms with what is going to happen. We don't know, but it seems very, very likely that AI will massively disrupt the creative industry and the production industry and that that work that is currently being done at the sort of bottom of the funnel, I guess, you know, assets being adapted and simple um, sales driving content is almost likely to be delivered through AI tools. Um, you know, the platforms themselves like Google and Meta and TikTok are all developing super advanced tools to make creative and production more accessible to businesses and brands and individuals. So, you know, CapCut is a great example of a ByteDance-owned app that makes it really, really easy to create for TikTok. And if, any, if anyone's had a play with CapCut, it's kind of terrifying what it can mm. do. Um, so I think the thing that I hope AI will not replace anytime soon is, you know, true creativity is really custom approaches to, to business problems, um, is coming up with really compelling ideas, creating original um, content, shooting footage. Um, so basically anything that can't be delivered through AI, um, I'm sure that we've got a, a bit longer <laughs> with that kind of work. Um, I think that the social platforms will continue to disrupt uh, the way that we, the brands spend their money and the way that they create content um, and having an understanding of of those channels of creators and influencers and how they're disrupting our industry um, and really being able to harness all of these changes for the better is is what I, you know what I would be hoping to be able to do in my career um, because I don't think we're going to see that change anytime soon. The good news is video just continues to grow in importance and become kind of everything um, as we always thought it would. Um, but yeah, and I think just this idea of a global, um, a global world where you can work with anyone, um, anywhere, anytime, and the remote working thing seems like it's here to stay. Uh, is such a great opportunity for small, independent, creative businesses. Um, so hopefully, you know, we can help make those connections and drive those opportunities for everyone. Um, yeah, so that will probably be my three things: AI, social, global. Yeah, uh, look, it's all changing rapidly. Um, you know, you talk about CapCut and, and the tools there. I mean, you know, just yesterday we delivered a couple of direct response ad creatives for a long-term client of ours that were created entirely with AI characters um, in CapCut, uh, you know, from, from text to AI-generated characters and, and B-roll that we had shot 
years ago. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. It is crazy, and it's effective yep. content. Um, but I just want to kind of just echo some of the thoughts that you had there, Christy, around you know how we as as video producers or as video marketers who listen to this podcast, how we stay relevant in a changing space. And I think you touched on it before that the the brands, the brand managers, they they aren't creatives first and foremost. So regardless of the tools that you're going to use to create content, our role as as creatives, as video producers or, or video marketers, is to is to come up with that creative approach and navigate the landscape of different content types and platforms. And it might not be just about, you know, creating beautiful stuff behind a camera. It may be more around that video strategy and and working on delivering the right outcomes regardless of the tools. I think that's how we can stay current and, and you know, at the forefront of changes. I th- yeah, I think you're so right. And it's um, we, we talk about this all the time in our business, you know, because obviously we, we are seeing the way that these, you know, fantastic tools are making it so much easier, like, you know, as you mentioned, you're creating AI-driven kind of characters. You can get a really amazing AI voiceover these days for free. Um, so there's a lot uh, things that were hard six months ago and now very, very easy. But that doesn't mean that it's easy for clients that, or that they want to get involved in that kind of thing, like you say. So certainly the you know bigger enterprise businesses, mid-market businesses, they've got a lot to do in their jobs. As one brand manager once told me, like, I think people don't realise that only a small part of my job is advertising. And so they're always going to need partners uh, and experts to work with um, yeah. to navigate this world, to use these tools, to come up with great ideas. Um, we just got to keep evolving <laughs> so we don't get left behind. Yeah, 100%. Hey, Christy, this has been a fascinating chat. It's been really interesting to hear both your story and also more about Gennaro. And I encourage people, as I mentioned before, to, to sign up and, and have a look at the available opportunities on the platform there. But for people that maybe want to connect with you or, or you know, learn more about Gennaro, you know, where, where would you like to send them if they've been intrigued and interested by this episode? Sure. Well, you know, always feel free to reach out on LinkedIn, um, Christy Poulos, and, uh, and then you can check out our website, Gennaro.com. Uh, sign up as a creator. As I mentioned, it's free to join. Um, so you can see all the briefs and decide if it's for you. Uh, we've also got some great resources on the website about you know, writing, uh, sorry, responding to briefs, creating a great treatment. Um, and just in general, you know, how to, I guess, succeed in the Gennaro world. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to hearing from you. And if you see any opportunities that are in interest, feel free to get in touch and I'll happily help. For sure. If I can. Oh, and real quick, like if there are any brands listening that perhaps want to explore the idea of using Gennaro, is there a yeah. certain, uh, you know, level of business that you work with through the platform? We work with all different businesses, small and large, because the client sets the budget on Gennaro. It's probably a very important thing to point out. The client actually is 100% in control of their budget, so they can decide what they've got to spend and what they need to try and achieve. So it's really available. We work with tiny little startups and scale-ups and, you know, small businesses through to big independent, I'm sorry, bigger enterprise businesses. So, yeah. Anyone can give it a go. And also, I mean, you know, creative businesses can use it as well to find partners and crew and things like that, although that's not our main um, way of operating, but it's certainly available to anyone to use. Awesome. Thanks so much, Christy. This has been super valuable and keep battling the avalanche of average one video at a time, whether you're creating it or you're helping other brands create it through your platform. This has been awesome. Thanks so much, Ben. 
So thanks again for joining me for this show. You can find the show notes at engagevideomarketing.com slash 290 for episode 290. And while you're over there at engagevideomarketing.com, check out the new website. It's looking pretty swish and I'd love to hear from you what you think about that as well. So go to engagevideomarketing.com and then shoot me an email. Let me know what you think. All right, guys, I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and it's my role to help you become a more confident video strategist. Thanks for joining me for this show, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye now. Growing a video business can be hard, and I reckon one of the things that makes the game of business even harder is when you're going it alone. This is why I set up the Strategy Board Mastermind program, and I want to invite you to join us. The Strategy Board is a high-impact, collaborative 12-month paid group program specifically for the owners of established video strategy and production businesses who desire further skills, tools, inspiration, and guidance to achieve their goals. It's delivered in a controlled and facilitated discussion around growth and expansion of each business across the duration of the program. The strategy board is designed specifically for video strategists or video business owners who are actually in business and doing it and want to just do it better. The program consists of quarterly virtual board meetings as well as monthly mastermind sessions. And alongside the other members of your board, you get direct coaching and support from me as together we hit targets and grow your video business into the business that you know it can be. To learn more and apply, go to engagevideomarketing.com board. Fill out the short form there and if suitable, I'll invite you to jump on a call directly with me to see how the strategy board could be the right fit for your business this year. That link again is engagevideomarketing.com slash board.